What's up? This is the Bone Collector. I'm walking with my man, Thomas Scott, and we're here to break down buckets and breakdowns. I'm Coach Thomas Scott, and if you're listening or watching this podcast, it means one thing. You want to learn how to get buckets from the best in the world. This is the Hoopers Podcast. This is Buckets and Breakdowns. Ball is Life. The good folks at Ball is Life has presented us with this platform, and we're going to take full advantage of it. I'm so thankful to have you on, Mr. Bone Collector, the legend. You know, Mr. You Can't Stay in Front Of. I mean, many have tried, most have failed. And all have failed. <laughs> all have failed. I'm with that. And, you know, I've been looking at some of your old highlights, man, your current highlights, the stuff that you got going on right now. But I really want to start from the beginning, man, coming from Pasadena, California. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Um, born in Tyler, Texas. Mm. Raised in Pasadena, California um, during a time where basketball – was everything you know the early 90s and you know the mid 2000s basketball was on such a high level and people were trying to create lanes for themselves throughout that whole time and i had the privilege of being in la where there was you know a legend every around every corner so you know that was my you know a sort of introduction to the game no doubt so during that time let's go to that era because you know there was a period where where man the high school teams were going crazy the street ball the pickup runs the summer pro leagues were going on talk about some of the guys during that time as you were coming up that you either looked up to or you went up against before you became the bone collector yeah it was uh it started off with a lot of guys that you wouldn't know about streetball guys um but then it went into some guys that people may know about like reggie cotton um robin kennedy eric holmes mm, sick with yeah, it yeah sir uh shay cotton um, oh yeah um and then then it went to there's a big la crowd that was that was uh full of just amazing athletes from kenny bruner oh uh, bad santa yeah, all the way to, you know, we can go all the way to Barron and Gilbert. I, I, even though they were pros in the NBA, they played with us. So um, just that caliber of players. And then right before my era, um, then you got, you know, uh, like Jay Kidd and those guys. And I could only imagine that that tier of athletes that came along that that in that tier. And then right before them, you got the Stacey Augmans and the Tracy Murrays. Um, right. And so there was tears, so many tears to the game, you know, and by the time I was, you know, getting the name solidified, I was thrown in the lion's den with a lot of guards that were top tier. And then I had the privilege of playing against Jamal Tinsley in California before I met him in New York. So, you know, with that combination of all those guards, I mean, that was probably the easiest way for me to test myself because everybody was, you know, those are guys that I just named were all you know, NBA bound. Yeah, legendary dudes. And, you know, you named some some Pasadena legends, Stacey Augman, Mr. Plastic Man, Tracy Murray, one of my big bros. And yeah. I don't know, I don't know if you remember this, but I went to Pasadena Pasadena City. And mm. I remember yeah. first time I got to see you in person, obviously heard a lot about you. And my roommate, Terrell Stovall, yeah, I'm throwing him out there. He was injured with a, with an ankle injury, right? And he's trying to come back. He's resting. 
and we we playing ball at uh, Pasadena City, and coach wouldn't let him, you know, practice or participate until his ankle got right. So, so yeah. for some reason, you know, hoopers, we just can't sit around. So we decided mm-hmm. to go play at the Boys and Girls Club, and who we run into? Yourself, <laughs> Mr. Robin Kennedy, and my, my man, the spin master. Eric Holmes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's Eric Holmes. Yeah, and, and, and Horace Warmly, those guys. And, you know, yeah. I'm from the West L.A., but, um, you know, my boy is from Inglewood. And, you know, we knew you guys hooped up there every now and then. And my boy was like, you know, they ain't that nice up there, man. Them dudes, just, they do – they street ballers. They ain't real hoopers like that. Man, yeah. let me tell you something. I remember sick with it through the ball, through his legs, in a fast break situation in transition. And you did this move – from the corner, and I don't know if you still remember this or you still do it to this day, but you did this move called the circus, where you <laughs> you hezzy that man, and then you threw it through his legs, and I tell you what, <laughs> he was stuck in mud, and he looked at me. I said, "I told you they called." <laughs> man, I I do recall a lot of those scenarios. I do it so much I can't recall in particular, but um, the. That reminds me a lot of, you know, of my, that's just my childhood. That was just it. We get people coming in the gym, testing us all day. You know, the one stigma about basketball before, um, no pun intended, before people said that guards dribbled too much. That was a stigma that we, once you're doing all that ball handling, you can't hoop. So Mm. we were breaking those odds up there because we had actual guys that were pros like to set the tone already you know stacy and jock set the tone for all guards in pasadena because they went to the nba and then we had another tier of guards who were like you say robin and sick and those guys those were you know e holmes went on to go to portland robin kennedy went on to play pro basketball and then the tier just kept going on so I could see, you know, those scenarios where people would want to do that and test us out. And you guys were not slouches at all. The thing about I loved about uh, Pasadena and just in that environment, you wouldn't run into your typical, oh, he's not very good. You run in anybody you ran into mastered part of their game and they made you change your game. That's what made me better. So, yeah, I could dribble a lot. But when I ran into certain people, I would have to shoot. Um, My moves remain the same. But, you know, the knowledge just grew. So. You know, shout out to you guys too for your your work ethic and all the basketball y'all put in to keep us in that point, that mind frame. No, I appreciate it. And you know, the fans here, everybody that's watching this podcast, I think they're really excited. One, to hear you speak, man. We've seen you do work. You mm-hmm. know, we've seen you in the parks. We've seen you at the ball up. We've seen you at the Drew, different uh, venues and. They don't really give you guys like post-game interviews and different things like that. So I feel really privileged to have you on here to really tell your story and and shed light on, you know, your work ethic and how you became who you were. So, you know, you were in Pasadena, you're playing ball. I want to know, how did you end up going to New York City? Like what brought you there? Um, so in Pasadena, it was, uh, you know, it was a heavy, heavy gang environment. And my father, and I was an art major in high school, and my father wanted me to get step away from basketball my last year to focus back on my skills and my grades. You know, and my skills didn't mean basketball. It means my, my art skills because I was, you know, the same as I am in basketball. I can do the same thing in art. 
So mm. he made me kind of sway my attention towards that direction. And then, I unfortunately, being a young kid, but around those areas, I ended up getting incarcerated. Mm. For the short stint of time I was incarcerated, um, I had the opportunity to grow as a person. You know, three years of my life taken away um, because of some decisions that I you know, chose to make as a young man. So the third year, you know, the last day, it's not, you know, it's not even funny. It's just like it was destiny almost. The last day I'm getting ready to walk out and go get on the bus. Um, the guard says, you have one, you know, he tells me, you got one more hour in here. And I'm like, man, I'm just, I want to wait by the gate because I'm ready to go. And in the hall, they're watching the rec hall. They're watching um, the N1 mixtape, volume one. Mm. So I stopped. I ended up spending three hours in there past the time I was supposed to leave watching that tape over and over again. Like, this is crazy. Like, where is this at? So literally, I had no game plan. I was going to come back to Pasadena and just, you know, try to revamp my life. But literally, after I watched that, I took the little money I had. and I got on a plane that day and flew to New York. And I had to go through some things and trials and tribulations for about nine, ten months. Mm -hmm. And years later, I was the bone collector. So, you know, we talked a little bit, man. You told me a little bit about how you were just at the parks. Nobody knew who you were. And then somebody gave you a shot to play. Yeah. How did that happen? So I, I would just go out to the parks and just, you know, just do my thing. And people would wonder, like, who is this guy? And, what you know, where did he come from? And so on and so forth. And then, then one guy from New York, um, shout out to Jay. Um, he said, man, I want to see if this works in a real game. You know, does this work in real game? So he invited me out to Rucker for that next season. And I ended up making somebody fall like the first, you know, year. I, I don't, people think I'm exaggerating, but when I say for a year, I mean, every day somebody would fall because I was playing everywhere, outside, inside, Rucker. I was, somebody was falling and people would start getting the word of that. So my first nickname was Body Bag. Mm. Like, we walking around body and everybody hmm. um so you know he once he gave me that shot he also took you know because he was a great athlete himself he also showed me all the great athletes that were around so shout out julius hodges and sham god and speedy williams and kareem reed and uh jerry mccullough and all those guards i had to play against i had to go through the fire of playing those guys and huge shout out to Sham God and Speedy Williams. The first day I got to New York to my real challenge, they took me in the gym and introduced me to something called three dribbles. I already played it in California, but I wasn't very good at it. So when I played them, they took away my dribbling ability because you only get three dribbles. So I didn't really want to play. And they were like upset, like, yo, you can't think about it like that. You got to work on your game. So I watched Sham. And I watch all those guys, you know, there and excuse me, there's another guy missing a uh, headache. Um, oh, yeah. Tim Gittens was there as well. Um, I watched them really manipulate their shot selection and three dribbles. And that changed my game forever. And because I realized that in order to play sports, you have to be an assassin at what you're good at. And it doesn't take m more than a few seconds to get what you need to get done. So it made me more efficient. And I ended up winning MVP you know, several years in a row because of that mindset, I averaged over 30 points for over, you know, four or five years up there. And, um, you know, wow. that, yeah, that experience, you know, literally, you know, gave me the blueprint for what I needed to do there and to get accomplished. So, you know, shout out to my guy when he had allowed me to join that team. And I was on the team with uh, 
ridiculous guard. His name was Corey Williams. They called him Homicide. His name is Corey Williams. They called him Homicide. Um, he was like probably the nastiest scorer I saw in a, you know ever in my in, in on my team. He was just like he wouldn't. He didn't have to shoot. He didn't. He would just score on you going right. He wouldn't. He can go both ways, but he would only go right. I was just confused at how then we played one on one a lot, and he showed me just timing. When you want to get to where you want to go, you don't just rush there. You take your time. You make your smart decisions. And with all the handles I had, I combined everything, and it was a problem all over New York. I was burning everything down. In my opinion, I felt like I was on the same level as Skip and all those other guys. Absolutely. Shout out to Skip. You know, I got a chance to play with Skip uh, in some summer pro leagues, Hunter College leagues, uh, mm -hmm. some East Orange, New Jersey leagues when my pops was coaching in New Jersey. Uh, got a chance to play with Anthony Mason, rest in peace. And, you know, it was really dope for me to play with guys you've seen on the tapes doing all these crazy things. I love them and one tapes myself and always loved the street ball game and tried to incorporate it in my game, but it just didn't work out that way. <laughs> um, but, but you know what I loved about you, and, and it makes sense now having this conversation, is that you said you were, you were into art, you know, drawing and um, being real creative. Yeah. And you, you made a point. You said you could, you know, it was like, kind of like how your game was. You were like that in art. Yeah. What, how did you come up with some of these things that you were doing in terms of just ultimate freedom and creativity? I learned a, <clears throat> the majority of my ball handling moves from my father. So by the time I got to New York, they were getting what I like to call leftovers. They were getting my old moves because my new mm. moves, I, I'm not exaggerating, but I would make up so many moves that they would overlap each other. So my hesitation dribble is, you know, three different moves. Everyone asks me how to do it, but I have to explain it in sections to explain it to them. And sometimes the artistry and teaching that um, is hard to do, but that's, you know, something that I enjoy doing. And then to create those moves, you know, to be honest, I didn't have, you know, a lot of my friends have video games and, you know, Street Fighter and Mike Tyson punch out and all that stuff. And I only could play that on Saturday. So Monday through Sunday, I would go outside with my basketball and I would pretend as if someone seven foot was guarding me. What move would work on him before he would block me? Or I would say if somebody was smaller than me, because I'm already small and they were really small because Muggsy Bogues is one of my favorite players. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Muggsy. We had him on buckets and breakdowns, man. Yeah, shout out my guy. If someone was that size and that aggressive, how would a move work on them? How fast could I get it off? And I would practice it on everything. So, you know, a straight amp dog walking down the street, I'd try to shake it up and see what I could do with it. Or somebody, random kid, like, you know, now the videos are viral, people running around in the streets just dribbling against random people. I would do that every day, like, until the point where even the lines on the streets, I would make sure I wouldn't step on certain lines. I would get different, different, different dribble sequences with certain light poles and certain street signs. And, and, you know, someone block, I need to sprint up this block and only use my left hand. And as you can see, as I break it down now, I remember it like it was yesterday because I still practice it to this day, all those little techniques to create mm -hmm. new moves. And I've already created three new moves. I just, um, they can't, you know, I, to be honest, I've, can't get people to guard the first two, so I can't work on the you first. You can't get to them. So it's more of a, a progression, right? If you if you, you can't stop the first one, why I need to get to the second one? If you're not taking the bait for the first, yeah. right? The third one only works if the first two fail. So if the first one works, then the second one doesn't work. 
So when you when you are making these moves and this is buckets and breakdowns, what you looking at? Are you looking at their feet? Are you looking at um, the space they're giving you or how they're going for the how they react to something you put out there like a like a faint like a boxer would bring a faint out? How you what are you looking at? The first thing I look at is the um, it's just my own preference. So the first thing I look at is shoulder placement. Mm-hmm. Where your shoulders are is usually the way your momentum will drive you. So if mm-hmm. you this way, I'm, I'm going to make a crossover to where you have to switch that shoulder to the opposite mm-hmm. side. So now you're rocking back and forth as I'm making a move. So let's say if I crossed you this way, I can feel sort of like this pendulum on my crossover. So when All I right. make it, your shoulder has to react to the cross. So if, you know, um, let's say if you want to just blow by your man or cross him over, make him fall. So... You don't look at shoulders in that this particular instance. You look at the waist and you figure out exactly which way you want the waist to go. So it's not about making, you know, any move. If you want that man's waist to literally get away from you, the move you make has to be in front of that. So you have to dribble you know, pretty quick and take a step in front of him. So he thinks you're going to lay it up. That way he'll expose himself. Now mm-hmm. he's exposed thinking he scored on and now you're back this way and you know it's just a few you know a few secrets that'll be uh 9.99 for yeah i'm about to say man where can where can they get some of this this knowledge where they can learn this online or some of these yeah, things because i don't want to i don't wanna give away too much for free over here man no you're giving y'all a taste <laughs> this is something that i'm passionate about and I work with the NBA now, and I've had the privilege of working with them for the past few years. And um, if you guys ever want lessons, you guys can reach out to me at bonecollectorlive at yahoo.com email, or you just hit me up on Instagram, bonecollector6, DM me. I work with all the pros in, uh, all around the world from, from FIBA to international to NBA to high school. Um, and then I'm, right now I'm working on a project with Phil Handy. Shout out Lakers coach Phil Handy. We're working mm-hmm. on including me in the 94 feet of game. Shout uh, out to Phil. OG Phil, what's up? We got to get you on here, too. That's yep. big bro right there. And then uh, I'll be starting Bone Collector Academy June 11th in San Gabriel, California. Uh, mm-hmm. It's in-person gym time. It's going to be some of the most intense training because I'm getting ready to go and play uh, international basketball in January, February time. So I'm training on a high yeah. level. Yeah. So yeah. Near to this training, if you guys are you know welcome to come, um, please bring your your hard hat because we're working hard. We're, we're learning new things, and the first thing we do in our camps is we get in, get our in mental shape first because you can't physically do anything if your mind's not in shape. So I agree. It's sort of a screen check. You know, I want to know exactly who, what kind of person you are, why are you training, what's your goals and aspirations, how focused are you on the world around you, what's your spiritual life. Because all those things are important to me as I'm, if I'm going to include you in my life and my training process, it's going to be something that I have to get personal with you with so I can, because you can't, I can't give you my handle, I can increase yours and then give you a couple of tricks to help Absolutely. enhance that. So I would like to know the person before I try to enhance what they do so I won't be judging them so much instead of, you know, instead of helping them. Man, I respect that. You know, I, I work with a lot of people, different levels, and that's key to tap into what's going up up top. And, yeah. you know, and, and the heart and the competitiveness, they got to have that. But the skill and development, you know, you can collaborate with and your experience, you're going to – people are going to come to you because you can do something that very few can really do. 
and any kind of uh, information and tips and anything, I, that's worth the investment, in my opinion. You know, shoot, I'll, I may want a lesson, you know. So make sure y'all tap in with, with Bone because he's got some great stuff. You've seen the clips. So I'm, I want to tap in even more because um, when, when I'm working with people or I'm around pros, people only see the finished product. People will yeah. see people doing stuff on the court. Now you got the workout videos going on. But mm. people don't understand the body and the maintenance that goes in to the body. When I see your frame, like your legs, your calves, you know, they look like they just full of power. <laughs> and you, for the stuff that you do, you, you maintain a certain level of balance and recovery after yeah. you push yourself forward left, right. Yeah. What kind of stuff do you do for your body to keep you uh, in, in that type of shifty space that you're in? Um, it requires me to, in order to keep my body in, in, in that type of shape, because I am 42 years old and, and because I am my age, there's a, it's, it's harder to compete with the top athletes, the John Morantz and the Damian Lillards and the Zion Williams of the world. Um, but that's a challenge that you can meet. You can meet that challenge if you, you start with the way you your intake um, and the things you're you're talking about with the body. So the first thing I try to do is um, I watch the things that I eat. If you what you eat is what you, you're going to produce. So I make sure that I'm not eating the wrong things. And then uh, mm -hmm. number two, I treat basketball, especially when now that I'm getting ready to go play over over across the water. I treat basketball as bigger than a job because, you know, you get tired of a job, unfortunately. Right. Jobs, you get that down, up and down kind of feeling, not maybe not tired of it, but you get that weariness. Oh, I got to go to work. I got to go to work. Mm -hmm. So what I chose to do is take basketball and push it to the extreme. What does overworking look like? You know, underworking, I felt that. I know what that feels like. So what does it look like to get up at six in the morning and work out? Mm -hmm. How does that feel? So I talked to a lot of pros and I asked them their regiments and I've had the privilege of going into some NBA practices and trainers because I work with the NBA and the G League. So I watched the whole regiment. I took notes. Shout out to Tony Allen. Shout out to all the guys I've CA. Uh, yeah, all the guys I've talked to along the way. Slow Mo out in uh, Memphis and my guy Jake Crowder out in Phoenix. Um, I asked a lot of people a lot of questions about what what they do as pro athletes every day. So. I took that blueprint. I realized that, you know, they don't practice once a day. They practice three times a day if they're going to go out and do it. Uh, I realized that they're, each day is separate for certain body parts and certain range of motion uh, exercises. So I incorporate that into my weekly schedule to make sure that those things are in requirements are met. So by the time I hit the basketball court, I've done, you know, four, four days of, you know, work for the body, whether it's plyometric, stretching, yoga, water work, running jump shots by the time i'm playing i'm tuned i'm ready I'm, I'm ready to go and i think because of that you know people put me in these categories and these echelons of great athletes and and i appreciate that because i guess that's what the blueprint is if you want to be good at something you work hard and and with that all combined it gives me the edge because if i'm you know quote unquote a LeBron Westbrook type athlete, those guys are, you know, freaks of nature when it comes to their physical uh, abilities. If I can work at not even, you know, just a small hint of what they have on top of all the stuff I have now, then I become a completely different weapon. And that's what I'm aiming towards when I go play international to be the first player to 
literally almost averaged 20 assists with no points and, and on purpose or something like that. So they, <laughs> know, so they know it's such an easy task. And I can ma- and when you master pick and roll, I watch Chris Paul a lot. I work with dribble too much. Shout out to my shout guy. Shout out, shout out. That's the homie. Yeah, I work with him, and he's teaching me to pick and roll so well that I think that even though it seems like a high ceiling, 20 assists is a lot. That's 40 points. If I break that down to the realistic number, anything between 12 and, you know, 10 to 12 assists, any amount of points is beneficial towards the team, and especially with me being an aggressive defender like I am. I like playing 94 feet, and I don't believe in fouls. Yo, you know what? You don't get enough respect for your defense, and I've seen it on hand at the Big Three Combine. Now, you you rocking the cap. You in the draft pool. You feel me? We put your name in. There was a lot of fans tapping in that wanted to see Bone Collector in the Big Three. This crazy highlights going on. (laughs) You were doing the same stuff you've been doing at the Rucker at the Big Three Combine in Vegas. You're throwing it through people's legs. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You had some new moves you showed out on there. Talk about your whole experience as far as even really wanting to be a part of the uh, Big Three, but Mm -hmm. then also the experience that you had at the Combine. Well, that's, you know, that was um, a really, really, um, it gave me tremendous, a tremendous ceiling, so to speak, to understand what being a pro athlete looks like. So I knew I, once I got into the camp and the combine, it was so many amazing athletes everywhere that I, you know, I had the chance to learn from those guys on the fly, which is good because, you know, Playing on three on three with a you know a six six eight got guard and another six eleven big guard is mm-hmm. you won't see that very often anywhere you go you know unless you're in a you know pro setting or FIBA setting or something like that so learning how to you know use a pick and roll get them open shots was the first thing that was amazing and then the drills Mike Bibby put us through how to read the screens and when to shoot and what shoulder to shoot over and what pass to make and how to read these options was excellent and then i had been speaking to you before i even got to the big three combine about the next stage in my career so mm-hmm. they when i was put in the draft i i knew that people wanted me to play in the draft i mean playing the big three and i'm you know i think i'm more than ready to but there's a time and a place for all of that stuff for me and i think that this year in particular the best part about it was i talked to a lot of coaches and they didn't give me any negative feedback it just made me realize that I need to continue to work. I, I, although I did not get drafted this year, I will be attending and, and pursuing because as long as I'm good enough, I think that, you know, I, I will draw the right attention and I know how it works. And those coaches told me some things that stuck with me for a while. And they said, when you don't get drafted, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make you or break you. Damian Lillard was undrafted and all they didn't start breaking down these people and all these, and they made me realize that, that's your motivation, you know. Your motivation starts from there. So, kids, it doesn't really matter for those who are watching. Um, if you're working hard, and let's say you don't make it, I am a prime example. You don't turn your system off. Oh, I didn't, I didn't get the opportunity. No, I talk to this man, you know, weekly about just different ways to be a better player. I'm learning anyway. I still win because I'm going to aspire until I get it. 
And, you know, that's the drive that you need because the journey is going to be great. Once I get on a team, that's going to be good, to you know, as well. But this journey is something that I can teach somebody. There may be a kid coming along that maybe didn't make his team or whatnot. And, and fortunately enough, when I say that, I still got picked up by, you know, three different teams internationally. So that's I actually, awesome. I actually did make a, you know, a team just from going there. Just from turning the negative into a positive. Yeah, just and from it's the, all good, as Biggie would say. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and it's more of a positive too because I'm, you know, studying. I like to study what I'm a part of, and I didn't get a chance to study the big three like I wanted to. And this is the year I'll be able to do a lot more. Shout out Frank Nitty and Meta World Peace and the guys I know that are already involved. Nate Robinson. I'm gonna be watching closely. I'm gonna be training with those guys. And the best part about it is. I feel like either if I'm playing or not, I could contribute to the big three regardless because I would love to even give them skill work. There's a lot of bigs in the big three that don't have guard handles or ball handling ability. And I, I see down the line as the big three continues to grow and grow, them throwing a big man camp and I'm in there leading ball handling drills. You know, that's something just me being positive, thinking, you know, in the future, you know, and these are things that I always think about when it comes to trying anything that you pursue. Um, yeah, I did. I did so well in my in my opinion because I literally tried my best to make sure I was playing defense without fouling people, and I didn't get called for many fouls at all. So I felt great when I left there that I could compete on a high level against some of those guards and bigs who are you know top scores. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. I, I mean, I seen the clips. I think even um, the highlight show uh, that went pretty viral, and they, we saw that you played on both ends, and that's something that. It's awesome to see a lot of people that play offense don't play defense, you know. And one thing I noticed when I was looking at, at those clips, you have this um, pat that you do, right? Like you pop, pop, and you pat, you always almost like you, you're not double dribbling, but it oh, looks yeah. like you're about to pull up every time, pop, pop, and they, they can't time it. Talk about that little pat. Like the details really matter to me. And yeah. I'm looking at, at film, and I'm like, see, that's the difference right there. I'm always looking to see what the difference is. And I think that's a major kind of um, kickstarter to what you do. Yeah. Um, to your point, I, I use that you, – you call it the pat-pat dribble. It's more of a – you know, and I know the dribble you're talking about because, you know, I play my ball handing off sound and sight. Mm. Oh, that first initial step to the ball, once I step, it's almost like a – jab yeah like a little cum <laughs> Once you re if you don't react to that I've obviously i can go if you react to that i can shoot so it's, it's very simple as crazy as it seems with ball handling most of it's in here first so you want you operate you know you operate on those terms a lot of things can be broke down simply now if you want to really break down a, um, a particular move like that you obviously like i said when you're looking at the shoulders you'll be able to tell immediately with a couple moves which way the shoulders are going to go, whichever move you make. Exactly. you obviously know to attack the weak side, so if the shoulders dip in this way, you attack the strong side. Mm -hmm. That's that, that's very simple, and I love it, man, and, and your ability. It, it's so much fun to see. Now, it's a lot of playoff basketball going on right now, mm -hmm. and you're in the development space. You have a skill. I'm not going to lie. I've been watching the Hawks and the Bucks. And I'm like, yo, this dude 
Giannis needs to see the bone collector. He needs to get some of these heads. He's got to get his handle right. He's got to get some moves. There's a lot of different guys in the league I see that need to get some moves. Now, they've gotten this far because they do something well, multiple things well. But I think Mm -hmm. pros are always trying to add something new to their bag. I feel like guys like uh, Giannis, LeBron need to kind of hit you up. Because you got some stuff in your bag. Talk about some guys maybe you feel like you could really help. Um, because I do work with the NBA, I just would keep it, you know, nice and simple that I would like to help everyone, obviously, whoever wants mm-hmm. the opportunity. But if I would have to, like, single anyone out, it would be a collective group of guys. So let's let's go back to the, you know, there's a tier of six, nine guards, in my opinion, that I think I can benefit from helping them with sort of hesitation moves and that's. Kevin Durant, Giannis Adekumpo, and LeBron James, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, um, all those guards who are scoring at, 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 with ease, um, showing them some intricate ball handling stuff would make them almost, un, well, literally unguardable. So, because mm-hmm. they're already unguardable. And then uh, as far as <clears throat> guards that I've already had the privilege of working with and would love to continue doing things with James Harden, obviously, Curry, mm. Curry, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, um, CJ McCollum, Chris Paul, um, John Morant, Zion. I would love to work with Zion as well. Cause mm, I like that. Zion having those type of moves would be amazing. I'm going to do some things with Andre Drummond and Ben McLemore soon. Um, Mac, what up? Well, oh, shout out. <laughs> we got, we got a lot. There's a lot of guards um, in the NBA that are um, amazing already. And I think that, you know, just learning anything new would help your game, like Luka Doncic and those guys who are Donovan Mitchell, those guys who are big guards, learning any sort of craftiness with the ball um, will put them on a, you know, on a whole nother tier with ball handling. And then, uh, and then there's some guys that are like, uh, and I already have, Amazing handles that I don't think it spoke about a lot, like Cameron Payne, um, yeah, uh, Lamelo Ball, um, a lot of guys that have you know, and like uh, Reggie Jackson, um, yeah, has an an actual street ball handle. I don't know if people would consider it that, but he actually dances with the ball a lot. He'll get the ball, he'll you know, we go between the legs three, four times, cross over, step back. That's, you know, those are those we do in the park, so to speak. Um, and then, you know, around the board, I think that the next stage would be to get guys like Porzingis and those really, really big guys like Joel Embiid and, uh, and those guys that are really back to the basket, face-up guys, Julius Randle, get them guys some, you know, a little, a little bit of extra stuff and – you know, I always wanted to work with Carmelo as well because he always he already got a nice hesitation dribble to his game. Oh, yeah, that little mid-post. Yeah, and give Carmelo another hesitation move to add to his arsenal. Those hey, y'all, hit my bro up, man. I mean, he's got some stuff. Sometimes you got to, you know, reach out to the streets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's not somebody in a polo that could teach you something, you know? <laughs> so, you know, shout out to New Jersey Sweat. I see I see you got the collector jersey. I need, I need one, man. Man, I, I got one of them. They good. This is a one of one, so I will definitely make sure I get you one. We got some yeah. other things coming out, and this will be one of those items. Yeah, I want to support. I want to support. So you know, we talking about handles, talking about breakdowns. Now, who's got the coldest handle in the league? Who you gonna pick? You take you uh, taking Steph? You taking Kyrie? Who you got? 
best handle in the league, I would say Kyrie Irving and Jamal Crawford. Mm-hmm. Jamal Crawford is so cold. I, this- I think those yeah. two would be. And then, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I, I, they're not the only two. You know, Curry can handle the, all of uh, uh, There's so many guards that can handle the ball, but. I say we're just breaking breakdown, break for, breakdown for breakdown, move for move, Kyrie Irving and Chris Paul as well. Absolutely. Now you got the big three hat on, so I don't know if you were able to check this out or see my man Will Bynum. Did you see Will Bynum hit the sham god? Yeah, what was so, your- yeah. <laughs> I, um, you know, I've always been a fan of Will Bynum when he was in Detroit back in those days and when he hit him with that move, I was not only blown away, but I was more like ex- I wanted to see more, kind of like because mm-hmm. I felt like he he did that, but he had more. So shout out to Will. Um, those are the type of plays that you know keep me amped and motivated because you know I did a play in the Big Three Combine that was so crazy that I watch it every day and <laughs> I watch it every day to see if I can do it better and. Those are the even, you know, those are the kind of moves and that I draw from, so to speak. So when I see stuff like that, I'll incorporate what I see because, you know, it was almost like a half a move. He didn't even really complete it. He just stopped it and kept it going. Mm-hmm. And it was it was smooth. And, you know, those those are some of the highlights that drew people to my in dribbling and skill, my dribbling ability and my basketball skill when I was in Rutgers. So shout out to Will for that. Dope, dope. So uh you, your game was a lot of predication on isolation situations. Who yeah. do you enjoy watching going ISO the most? Um, or even not even have to be right now during this time, even coming up. I liked Iverson, obviously. I liked Kobe. I liked T Mac. I like Steve Francis. I like Damon Scottemeyer. I like Nick Van Exel. I like Grant Hill. I like Penny Hardaway. And I liked Elijah Wan. And I also liked, if I'm pronouncing the name right, um, Mahmoud Abdul. Oh, Mahmoud. Hey, I got a special guest for these fans. He's on the way for Buckets and Breakdowns. Mahmoud is one of the GOATs. And I love seeing him play every week in the Big Three. Yeah, yeah, for sure. His high show. Nice. And then um, moving on, it got, you know, I liked Gilbert's ISO game. I liked. I used to like, I still do. I like Darren Williams and Baron Davis ISO game. Um, I liked um, moving forward to KD, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, John Morant. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Now, when we talk about NBA now, everybody's ISO game is pretty nasty. So it's hard. (laughs) It's pretty nasty right now. Just. Name the starting guards on every team. Just throw them all in there, then too. Yeah, because every every team got two guards that'll give you forty. Every team, absolutely, absolutely. You can. We talking Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, um, the um, I forget this guy's name, but um, um, the starting guard for the uh, Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell. Oh, Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson. Come on. So everybody I'm naming literally will, you know, they got, you know, and that's why I like about the way ball handling is evolving, which is good to your point. 
that I believe that those are still the, the remnants of the old mixtape days still lingering now. What's the new, what's the, what's the changeover? And I think I'm going to, I can, you know, kind of push that into the forefront with some of the new tactics I use for basketball. There's definitely more freedom in the structure than there has ever been. Um, you know, somewhat, I feel like bone, I wish you were like 15 years younger because the stuff that was frowned upon then is actually embraced now because what happens is coaches have plays, they break down, and you got six seconds, five seconds on the clock. You can move it around a little bit and get something out of it. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you got to have that special guy that can put a bucket up. And I know you could have did that. So. I still do. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm gonna... young. No, I forgot to mention. Oh, Trey Trey. Young. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, Ice Trey, I love that. So I, I got a little moment right here I like to do on buckets and breakdowns, kind of a feeling of break, uh, blank. There's no wrong answers. Uh, first thing is, who has brought the best out of you? It could be somebody that you uh, went up against, somebody that coached you, uh, anything, uh, Allen Iverson. AI, AI. Okay, now the coldest go-to move of all time. My Sky hook. Oh, <laughs> I was going to hit you with something. This is a tough one. It's one of these barbershop okay. questions. Okay, the sky hook or the fadeaway. Um, dang, that's tough. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, it has to be the sky hook. He's the only one that can do it. That's he wins. Everybody can I, shoot the foot away. Nobody can shoot the sky hook. So and you know what? Hook. I just want the sky hook to come back. Like I just nobody can do it. What do you mean? I He's mean, the only you know. It, it, I think anybody could do something if you just spend the time to do it. Like an old school sky hook. Our big fella, uh, Mamadou Njai. Who gonna be playing in the big three? I would love for him to just if he can't get to just sky hook that joint, right? But okay. I think, that, I think that it's hard to say that because Kareem did the sky hook because they told him he couldn't dunk. If you're not, if you recall, you you they, right? They out of college, so he made a shot up from not being able to dunk. He was still kind of dunking then, in my throwing opinion. it in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was but, one of the coldest uh, moves. Frank Nitty said the same thing. So you and you and Frank Nitty with the with the sky hook. Um, okay, now uh, we we talking about moves. Okay, we we you take the Iverson crossover, mm-hmm. or 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 the James Harden, the James step Harden step back. But you know he he still takes you. Sometimes yeah, you just yeah. go straight. What, what you what you rolling with? I, I think you're gonna say AI. I mean, look at the yeah, I'm, going, I'm going with AI. All right. So now this is a personalized question for you. Um, okay. As I've looked at your clips, you spun people in circles. You've broken their ankles. I can show you one right now. I just did today. <laughs> you, you're breaking their ankles. You made people buckle. Uh, You've thrown the ball off people's heads. What's the most fulfilling out of all of those things that you were able to do? What's the one that you're really trying to go for? Man, now this, that's glad you asked that. Now this is going to be something that if anybody's listening, they can hope they remember this. I never, 
intended for people to fall. Mm. I never, I never, I didn't, when I was 18, I didn't say, man, they're going to know me for making people fall. Watch. And no idea that was going to happen. But I've always studied martial arts and my favorite uh, martial artist is Bruce Lee, rest in peace. Uh And I have an objective when I play and that's to, I am, it's science. So it's going to sound weird, but basketball for me is science. When you fall, I put an equation together and I'm making the right moves for you to hit the floor. Always, when you hit the floor, it's not for you to fall. It's just so I can get an open shot. It was never intended for those purposes. Social media made it very popular and it looks funny, of course, but the whole objective is to get you completely out of my way by doing the most effective move and the the move has to affect your feet. You can't do anything your feet so mm. answer your question i'm looking at seeing you know, how your feet work if your feet ain't together you're gonna be in trouble <laughs> absolutely well look man this is this has been a special experience for me as i've always been a fan uh, I, I wanted to give you your flowers. I want people to appreciate what you've been able to do for the basketball culture, basketball fans around mm-hmm. the world. Um, you really just had the world by storm, and you're still doing great things, helping people, developing people. I hope my platform helps bring more people to you and bring Thank eyeballs you. to you and what you're doing because you're, you're a special being, man. We appreciate you here. And I tell the people, you know, where they can find what you got going on, any merch, any uh, drills, YouTube channel, IG, all that. Yes, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Big shout out to my guy, Tony. Um, Tony, I'm hey, I'm T. <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> you call me T Scott. It's all good. My guy Thomas. Um, um, on buckets and breakdowns, one thing I do like about what you just did is um, you gave me the opportunity to explain those steps. And sometimes when you explain those steps, you might be a little bit uncomfortable sometimes getting into your mindset on how you particularly do something. So this show in itself. I think is needed because these are topics that aren't really discussed. You know, you know, I, I never had someone ask me what's the science or how do you break down this move all the way through and thoroughly. So, you know, this is something that, you know, I think um, I'm looking forward to even coming back again. If I, you know, if I'm able to, and we going to do it for more things. Um, and, you know, overall guys, I want you to, you know, if you want to work on your handles and you want to, you know, meet me in person and work on some things that'll make your game better, you can reach me on Instagram at Bone Collector Six. On July 11th, I will be starting Bone Collector Academy in San Gabriel, California, where there's live training. Um, we'll do a lot of, you know, things that'll enhance your game from your, the, the physical aspect as far as you know your body, and then the recovery aspect as far as taking care of your body, and then also the skills part as far as making you a better athlete. And we have a lot of different things going on as far as uh, my my company. We're doing camps and clinics all across the states. We'll be heading to Phoenix next. Um, and then Vegas, we'll be doing basketball camps and clinics. And then, you know, I'll be working and getting myself prepared for my, my training for international. Um, if you guys have any questions, you feel free to hit me up on any of those social media sites from, from Twitter to Bone Collector 23 and Instagram Bone Collector 6. 
And uh, anybody want to bring you one on one, shoot me a DM. I'm ready for war. Let's do it. Hey, man. You heard it from him. And, and don't sleep on his YouTube channel. You ain't shut that one out, but you got some dope stuff yeah. on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Didn't want to forget about that. Obviously, I got some very, very crazy videos coming up in the next uh, three months. Of I just archived so much footage of me working with so many pros. And, um, you know, it's going to be some amazing stuff. So check me out on Bone Collector Unlimited on my YouTube channel. And uh, it's going to be some great stuff. Yes, sir, man. And once again, what you've done for me throughout the time that I've known you uh, can't be taken for granted either. You need your flowers as well, sir. You've I've known you know my my past and you've also, you know, been a part of that, even though I didn't directly associate it. And now that we've spoken, I would like to give you your flowers as well for giving me the opportunity to speak my my piece and to say what I need to say and using your platform. Thank you. No, hey, it's always love, man. And that's what we're trying to do here. Buckets and breakdowns, get flowers. Also, touch lives in the process. Big up the things that we got going on. And, yeah. you know, the, the, the journey. You know, uh, I, I remember Kobe, rest in peace, uh, saying something at his retirement or I think it's his jersey thing is uh, when they did his jersey, uh, they left his jersey up. Uh, he said something about, you know, it, when you figure out that it's about the journey, the beauty is in the journey. You know, it's not the destination, it's the journey. And once you figure that out, you know, that's that's what it's all about. So, man, we yeah. appreciate you, man. Keep on keeping on. You know, uh, I want to see you on the floor again. I want to I want to yeah. see protégés of you. I want to see people coming. Oh, man, you remind me of the Bone Collector. I ain't seen a Hezzy like that since the Bone Collector. You have the coldest Hezzy of all time, and everybody needs to know that. So when you when you asked that question earlier, you said the coldest move of all time. That's why yeah. I said, oh, hesitation move. But, yeah, 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 my bad. That, <laughs> there's nobody colder with the Hezzy. I, I've seen there's some new guys coming up, but no, no, they ain't no better than the Bone Collector. So yeah. let's just go ahead and leave that here on Buckets and Breakdowns. But I want yes, to thank sir. you. I appreciate you. And, man, we looking forward to more coming from the Bone Collector. I'm your host, Coach Thomas Scott with Buckets and Breakdowns, and we out. Shout out to the good folks at Ball is Life.